This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Bridget, you mentioned Matthew Kachuk. Scott, would you like to, at this point, bring up a question that I think it was Scott and Lowell sent to us? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, so I was just thinking about that, and I feel like it's popped up a couple times, but Obviously, Florida has benefited greatly from the trade to get Matthew Kachuk last year. Um, you know, he did completely change that that team and has stepped up in the playoffs, and they had to give up a lot to get him. They traded Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, I'll say like a mid-tier prospect. The prospect wasn't much, but and a first-round pick. Um, you know, if you look back in theory, like the Bruins are another team that could have been in the position to consider that trade. And it would have been David Pasternak involved because Huberto had one year left. Pasternak had one year left at that point, obviously had not yet signed his extension last summer. Uh, Kachuk was the restricted free agent. I think Pasternak's better than Huberto. So you probably wouldn't have had to give up as much in addition, but I'm just curious because I feel like other people have maybe even at the time, but certainly now have said, you know, the Bruins should have done something like that. Do you guys think go back to last summer with hindsight, should the Bruins have traded David Postenock for Matthew Kachuk? With hindsight, like, or like, see, Definitely, in hindsight, they should have done it if they couldn't have extended Pasta this season. <laughs> then this would be a completely, this would be like a no-brainer. Yes, obviously, you should have gotten some value for Pasenak when you could. But uh, the fact that Sweeney was able to sign him during the season makes it a different conversation. And it kind of makes it more about uh, just whether or not you like Pasenak better than Kachuk for the long haul. Um it's tough because I don't think anybody would say that they'd want to see pasta go. In fact, it was a huge topic of conversation this past off season during the season. Um, and it was a big deal when the Bruins were able to sign him back. So it's interesting. And I think with hindsight, it, 
you see these are two very different style of players. Uh, there's not much that about Kachuk's personality that's similar to Pasternak's personality. Um, so when I saw the text from Scotty and Lowell, Scott, Scott's sending us our own mailbag questions at this point. <laughs> the mailbag is coming from inside the house. But uh, I, I think it would have been too big of a risk to do. I think that as, as much as Kachuk has really started to bloom, and we always knew he had great potential and was probably stuck in a not-so-great situation when he was up in Calgary, but uh, I still don't think you trade Pasternak for him. I still just think, in hindsight, you see how well Kachuk's played in the playoffs, but it's, that's a hard choice to make right there. It's a fascinating question. It's, of course, it's a recency bias type of question where you look at Matthew Kachuk and what he's doing and how integral he was in beating Boston and Toronto and Carolina and en route to a Stanley Cup final here. He is two years younger than Pasternak. And he, but they, they play such different styles. I guess for me, it's like, I just don't, David Pasternak wasn't, he wasn't the problem for the Boston Bruins this year. All he did was score 61 goals and give him a 3-2 lead or a 4-3 lead, whatever it was, 3-2 lead with nine minutes to go in game seven of the first round series. By the way, a game-winning goal that would have that could have stood and eliminated Matthew Kachuk from the playoffs. If Matthew Kachuk is on this Boston Bruins team this year and David Pasternak is on the Florida Panthers, like – do the Bruins win that series? I guess that maybe that's like the way to kind of look at it. Well, not really. Well, yeah, I mean, well, no, because um, Pasternak would be where in Calgary. Yeah. But let's just but let's just say like hypothetically, like you know, if we're comparing the players, right? Like the Bruins' defense totally fell apart in the series. Like their defensive structure was terrible. So I would love somebody like. Matthew Kachuk on the Bruins. I think they kind of have a similar type player in Tyler Bertuzzi going forward. Not, not Kachuk level. Okay. But they have like a, a knockoff brand of Matthew Kachuk if they were to resign Bertuzzi. So, um, but if we're going back a time a year ago, right, that's the question. The, the answer is no, because at the time, Matthew Kachuk, his, his real coming up party has been this year. In, the, in these playoffs. And Scott, you mentioned how in postseasons past, he did not excel in Calgary. David Pasternak has, has been a point-per-game guy in the playoffs with the Bruins his whole career. So knowing what we know now, it's like, yeah, it makes it tougher. But back then, um, it's just – it's I, my answer – I guess my answer is no. I wouldn't trade Pasternak for him because I don't think that Matthew Kachuk subbing in for Pasternak help, makes this team any better because it doesn't, it doesn't address – needs that they're going to need going forward like their needs going forward are center ice and and other things so if yeah if we're putting ourselves back in that time span so the trade for kachuk happened in july um and the bruins were still trying to first of all they were definitely in negotiations heavy negotiations to re-sign Pasternak. They didn't know if Bergeron was coming back. They didn't know if Krejci was coming back um, at that I think, point I think in they, time. They probably did know that at the time. It just hadn't been announced yet. And yeah. they, they, either, they, either way, I, I thought that their decision came 
wasn't it in August? No, Bergeron had let at least Bergeron had let them know before free agency started. So that was end of June. Okay. Um, and also they actually wouldn't really have been negotiating a whole lot with Pasenak at that time because you remember, like with everything he went through two off seasons ago, yeah. um, you know, losing his his baby son. Uh, after the season, they basically just gave him space to like go back to Europe and and have a summer. So that they're, they're probably talking to his agent, I would guess. Yeah, but, that's that's what yeah. I mean. I don't mean like Pasenak in person. I mean. Yeah. The negotiations were happening to make an extension happen. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough question because if, if, when you think about it this way, if you ask it this way, uh, is does Kachuk fit the Bruins mold? Absolutely. He he fits it perfectly. Um, where would you put him? Like if, if say that that did happen, where, where do you end up? putting Kachuk in this, in this lineup. I mean, he could have either been the exact same spot as Pasternak. Like, you know, could have been a Zaka, Krejci, Kachuk line. Obviously you could have put him with Martian and Bergeron. Um, I think he's kind of a player who fits anywhere. Honestly, like you look at what he's, what his line has been in, in Florida and he's always been the one carrying. Like he rarely has been on a line with Barkov. It's always been with, Bennett and then, you know, either Verhage or Lusterinen or Nick Cousins or whoever on the left wing. Um, he has definitely made guys better. And, you know, I guess like kind of what like this idea would get the core of it is like just the attitude change or the style. Like is is the way Kachuk plays, is that more of a playoff style, more conducive to winning the playoffs. And yeah, obviously this year it has been like, he's a huge reason why the Panthers have gone on this run, but you know, to like, to now kind of answer my own question, there's a reason that I wasn't pushing to trade Pasenak for Kachuk last year. There's a reason I didn't, you know, after that deal happened between Florida and Calgary, I didn't jump on here saying, Oh, the Bruins should have been doing that with, you know, giving up Pasenak. Like, no, because I wouldn't have done it at the time. So I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite and say, oh, yeah, they should have done a huge mistake or whatever. Like, one, I'm not sure it even is a mistake. I mean, we'll we'll see. Like, let's see what if Florida finishes this off. Let's see what the future holds. I still think Pasternak can be the best player in a Stanley Cup winner. I absolutely believe that. Like, And, again, their track records before this season favored Pasternak. As Brian said, he was the one who – was a point per game guy in the playoffs. Kachuk was barely over half a point per game in the playoffs with Calgary. Uh, Pasenak had already had, I think, two 40 goal seasons and two more 35 plus goal seasons. Um, Kachuk had just had his first 40 goal season. And I think his career high before that was, give me one second, uh, was 34. And other than that, he hadn't topped 30. So, Pasenak had the, the track record at this point last year too. So yeah, like I, I wouldn't have done it then. And I can't sit here and say that it was a mistake not to do it, especially because they did eventually get Pasenak locked up. And now what I will say is I think you could definitely make the case that you would rather have Kachuk at nine and a half million 
per year for the next uh, seven years after this versus 11.25 million for Pasenak. Like I do think 1.75 million per year is, is a fairly significant gap for players who over the last two years have basically had, you know, Kachuk's actually put up more points than Pasenak over the last two years. Obviously Pasenak had a massive goal scoring year this year. Um, but like, I, I think that's fair. Like if you factor in price, but, you know, again, going back to like this time last year, the Bruins probably didn't really think they were going to have to get to 11.25. Like you might've thought you were going to get them for 10 or 10 and a half. And then that gap's not as big. I mean, I'll ask this question, right? Hindsight's 2020. Let's, you know, I think we're all in agreement that this time last year, things were different and, and, and whatnot, but you look at it as it stands right now. Kachuk's 25 past next 27. I think he just turned 27 recently. All things considered equal. If the point production is relatively the same going forward per season, now you can maybe Pashnak is more goal heavy than Kachuk is, but look, this year Pashnak had 61 goals. 61 goals. Okay. Total, he only had like four more points than Kachuk. So Kachuk had 64 assists, and I think he had like 40 goals, something like that. My point is if their point production is relatively the same, Okay, call that a wash one way or the other. Look at the rest of their games. Kachuk is he 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 drags his team into the fight more. He's more he he he's more responsible defensively, I would say. I mean, Pashnak is a turnover machine. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And I would say I would say Kachuk, because that might be a smarter player all around. So I guess going forward, who who's the better hockey player? Who's the better hockey player at all facets of the game? I mean, it's got it's 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 probably it's it, it's probably Matthew Kachuk, and I know that sounds crazy to say, but he might he might be an all around better player than David Pashnak if as long as the point production is relatively even within five ten points of each other every year. I mean, Kachuk takes the cake in the other categories: defense, intangibles, grit. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. and and to just. The stats on him were, this year were 69 assists, 40 goals. Um, and I think, Brian, you're right there where it's we're kind of at a crossroads with the two of them, don't you think? Where Pasternak has been the better player previous to, say, this, this playoffs. Now we see Kachuk ramping up to this new level. Well, I, I think you can even say last year, like – yeah. And I know there were extenuating circumstances for Pasternak. Hockey wasn't really the priority, but like Kachuk outscored him by 27 points last year, 104 yeah. to 77. I, yeah, I guess what what I'm saying is they're they're coming to a uh, a more similar level over the past few seasons. Kachuk is is he about to really significantly pass him? That's what we don't know, and then that's when the hindsight becomes you know even more if next season um or in, over the next few seasons Kachuk just stays at this level that he was at and brings what he can bring and he does have more intangibles um just personality wise he's he thinks a lot differently uh than than Pasternak does but um and then but then you could also say in hindsight if if the Bruins were unsure whether or not they're actually going to be able 
to sign Pasternak, wouldn't that have been the perfect time to deal him for someone like Chuck? Yeah, that, if, if there was real uncertainty, then yeah, definitely like should have should have considered it. But I think they were always pretty confident that they were gonna get a deal done. Like I think they knew there was mutual interest, and eventually they would find the landing spot. Um, so like that's another factor too. Is I don't think I don't think Florida believed they were going to be able to re-sign Jonathan Huberto. He had one year left, and I think they knew he was gone. I think they knew he was going to test free agency. So like, that's another factor. Like Florida, it was easier for them to take this risk because yeah, Jonathan Huberto just had an awesome season. He had what, like 115 points or, or something that year. Um, but if they figured they can trade for Kachuk, who was a restricted free agent. So there was some team control like it made all sense in the world for them to do that because they probably thought, well, we're going to lose Huberto in a year anyway. So we might as well get Kachuk and see if we can lock him up long-term. Whereas, yeah, it's a little different if you're the Bruins and you, if you're fairly confident, you're going to resign Pasternak, then it's like, well, you know, what are we really going to take the risk of, of trading him for? Whereas if there was any uncertainty, then obviously, yes, it becomes, uh, more of a possibility and more of something that, you know, they would have had to have considered. And don't, don't you think too, not to go down this road too long because we have other things to talk about, but um, if you think about it contractually, Scott, you mentioned the difference in cap hit for, for both of the guys, the contract that Kachuk's under just gives the team that extra amount of flexibility to do other things with too, which can, be a difference in trying to put together that complete roster at the end of the day. So um, Pasternak's contract does handcuff the Bruins more than the deal that was able to be made for Kachuk. And you could probably make the case that Kachuk should be making more, but you got him, you got him for the contract. You got him at, was it nine, nine million, nine and a half, which is Um, honestly like already one of the, steals of the league given what he's given florida in one year and i mean if he keeps it up then it it only looks like even more of a steal going forward yeah and so then you you have a competitive advantage in that way too when you're building a team around that you have a little bit more flexibility to to add around him as long as long as you don't end up with uh an equal amount of stupid contracts on the books so what what uh what would we decide to to go to here? I think we probably discussed enough about that hypothetical situation. I don't know if we even gave like real clear, concise answers. I think we all kind of were like, we don't really know. <laughs> but, well, I um, guess really more it's just in to hindsight we all agree. the merits of it yeah. and to say that it was a closer call than people had thought of. Like, I, yeah, I I would not have done it last year, and I don't like contradicting myself because i feel like i try to make sure i think through my takes at the time and i wouldn't have done it last year so i'm not gonna sit here and change my mind now yeah yeah no i after all said and done what we just mentioned why it was why maybe kachuk would have been a a a great idea i just don't think like scott said at the time they were I th- they must have been very confident about locking up Pasternak for the long term. Otherwise, 
it would have been uh, a much tougher decision, like we mentioned. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 